WHOV 88.1 FM welcomes you to the pastor's study. The pastor's study in any church is a place where the pastor can go to collect his thoughts, study God's word, and develop ideas and thoughts on what direction the church needs to take. The pastor's study is where research is done on various topics. Missions are brought to the forefront and salvation is formed. The pastor's study on WHOV is a talk show that allows you, the listener, to come inside and to find out more about the ministers in the area and the good works they are doing across the region, the nation, and the world. Hosted by Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church in Newport News, the pastor study is now open to the public. So come on in and find out what plans God has for his shepherds and his people. Study here on WHOV 88.1 FM. Pastor Kevin Swan in studio. Glad you're with us for another edition of this show. And once again, we air every Tuesday live from noon to 1 p.m. And if you're just joining us for the first time, we thank you for taking time out of your day this beautiful Tuesday afternoon to listen to the show for today. As always, what we try to do is offer a show that is relevant to our community. We invite pastors and other leaders and callers in general, for that matter, to come and to share their experiences uh, of what we talk about on the air. And uh, we're very excited about each week bringing you a show that is uh, one that is given some thought and one that will allow you to, to prayerfully consider the direction of which things are happening in our community. And so we have pastors that are with us, uh, that come in. Uh, the first pastor that we have uh, with us is Pastor John Young. He's a pastor of Empower Believers Christian Learning Center in Newport News. Pastor Young, how are you doing today? I'm blessed today, brother, and thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Glad you are with us on today, and also with us very quickly also is Pastor Raymond Johnson, Pastor Calvary Revival Church Peninsula, who celebrated one-year anniversary on Friday, had a blessed service. Uh, Bishop Macbeth came in and uh, had folks to be confirmed or to join your congregation officially. Man, good afternoon to you as well. God bless you, sir. Good to be with you today. And God bless you, Pastor Young. Good to be with you today again, sir. Yeah, glad to have you all in studio. And uh, we'll be getting to you in a little bit. Uh, but what we have, uh, we have uh, a caller on the air. We have a guest on the air, actually. Pastor in the community that's doing great things uh, for the Lord, uh, Reverend Dr. Richard Wills, who is the pastor of First Baptist Church in Hampton, and they're doing a presentation on this weekend that we need to know about. And so, first of all, Dr. Wills, we say good afternoon to you. Yes, sir. Good afternoon, uh, Pastor Swan. Thank you so much for allowing us to share a few moments on your uh, broadcast today. It is our pleasure. Dr. Wills, and uh, we thank you for coming on the air, taking time out of your schedule. And uh, Dr. Wills, your church is uh, is doing a lot of great things in the community, and there's something that you're doing this weekend that you want our listening audience to know about. Would you please tell us about the event? Yes, sir. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, we wanted to inform the audience and, and certainly invite them to join us on Saturday at uh, 12 noon at First Baptist Church Hampton. We're going to be launching our first annual institute on nonviolence and what that is it is a response to the growing trend that we're seeing you know across uh, our communities and state and across the nation uh, for, for too long we have turned on you know the evening news and have had to witness the senseless killings of our children and parents and family members showing up at funerals uh, of folk who died too young, and uh, there's a growing trend of violence that is both domestic and public, uh, some of it created by these difficult times that we're experiencing, but uh, we're hoping that this will be an opportunity for us to come together as a community and uh, begin thinking about ways we can engage that so that we can turn that trend around and uh, minister to folk at the point of their needs and uh, let them know that there's a, uh, there are alternatives to these violent uh, uh, paths that they have assumed. Um, Absolutely. And, Dr. Yeah. Wills, you, uh, you, you're so correct. In, in our society, 
as of lately, we, we have heard a number of stories. We've talked about it on the air about domestic violence, the whole Chris Brown, Rihanna situation that has brought some light to this issue yes, of, of domestic violence. But it's not just it's not just people who are outside of the church. I mean, there are also people within the church that are struggling with this same issue. And, uh, you know, we've heard of the Juanita Bynum situation. And, and B. That's B. right. B.B. Winans recently uh, was brought up on charges of domestic abuse. And so uh, what what will your institute cover? How will you address this issue uh, of, of violence in our community? What sorts of things will you have in place? Well, what we're going to do this year, and again, it's going to be April 4th, <clears throat> which is very symbolic. That is the date that Dr. King, Martin Luther King Jr., died a very violent death on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel. And uh, we are going to... Uh, uh, we're going to celebrate this institute on the date of his death so that we might have an opportunity to celebrate his legacy of nonviolence. This year, uh, the Reverend Samuel Billy Kyles is going to be our guest speaker and he'll be accompanied by uh, Brother Royzel Dillard and the Hampton University Chorale Choir and some liturgical dancers. Um, uh, on this year, we will simply be raising awareness and uh, identifying groups that we can partner with to go into the community and begin to resolve some of these issues. Uh, on next year, we're going to broaden it with a call for papers so that there will be academic institutions and students, grad students across the country who are thinking about this, who can present papers. We'll have a panel conversation with the community, and then we're going to add an additional component uh, that will allow us to do some action planning. So we'll have some of the best minds around the table. We'll round table, and uh, we'll identify the specific problems, and then we'll put some action plans in place so that we can go into the homes, we can go into the schools, we can go into the neighborhoods, have conversations with even, you know, folk who are associated with gangs so that we can help to minimize and reduce and turn that around in our community. Very good. We're on the air again with uh, Pastor Wills of First Baptist Church Hampton. And uh, this weekend, this Saturday uh, at noon, having an institute on nonviolence at the church, and is there a cost uh, to participate in this in this institute? No, there there, there is no cost, and uh, we just uh, invite your presence. Uh, it is an opportunity for, for us to, you know, again raise our awareness and just come together in solidarity and say, you know what, we're really tired of the violence now. We're tired of seeing our young ch uh, children die, and we're tired of the Chris Browns and the Rihannas, and uh, we we can do better than that. And so we're hoping that folk who really care about this issue and are as uh, fatigued as we are, uh, but are wanting to see some solutions, will we'll join us on Saturday at 12 noon. And again, Reverend Billy Kyles, who was a dear friend of King's, who was on the balcony the day King was assassinated, will be our guest speaker. And that's going to be a, a very special treat in and of itself. Very good. And so for more information on this institute, if people are listening and they want to call to the church or... If you have a website to give out, whatever information you want to give so people can, can find out more, how can they get in contact with you? Thank you, Pastor. They can, they can call uh, the, uh, the main office. The number is 723-0988. Again, that is 723-0988. There's no admission cost associated at all. We just, you know, uh, are hoping that they'll uh, show up so that we can... Uh, show our solidarity around this issue and uh, think about how we can continue to resolve many of these issues in our areas uh, uh, moving forward uh, uh, into next year. Very good. And so, Pastor Wills, we do we, we do thank you for your time today. Once again, that's this Saturday. It's the Institute on Nonviolence taking place at First Baptist Church Hampton uh, on North King Street. And again, the number to the church is 723 0988 and the time of the institute will begin at 12 noon and uh, again the admission is free that is correct for that particular event and so dr wills thank you so much for being a part of the show today and we do hope that you get some who are listening to come out and support that event as you're right every day in the news we hear of something else uh just this week there was uh someone in north carolina that went into a nursing home and, and i mean it's just yeah it's just sad that, that people are at the breaking point now where they feel the need to just to just randomly 
yes. shoot people uh, for, for no reason. And so, again, we, we pray that your, yeah. your event is a success. And, again, that's this Saturday at 12 noon at First Baptist Church, Hampton. Dr. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. Thank you for your time, uh, Dr. Wills. Yeah, and thank you for your great ministry, for your tremendous ministry and your gifts and the way you continue to share them with our community. You're a blessing to all of us, and we appreciate you. Not a problem at all. Thank you yes, for sir. being on the show. Yes, sir. We're going to we're going to take a quick break here. We have an interesting topic today. We have, as always, we have our guest in the studio, and uh, Rob Dixon is uh, scheduled to call in as well. As you know, he's transitioned from Hampton. He's now residing in the Philadelphia area. Still wanted to be a part of the show, and so he'll call in, offer his perspective. Uh, and once again, uh, if you happen to miss the show, you want to hear it again in its entirety. We welcome you to visit the website, www.kevinswan.org. Uh, on the media link, uh, you can click on, and there you'll find all of the previous radio broadcasts. You can listen to them uh, as you wish. And so, again, we're going to take a quick break here, come back on the other side with the topic for today. We hope that you're enjoying the show so far here on WHOV 88.1 FM. We're, we're back on WHOV. We're, we're having a few. There we go. That's We're having a few technical difficulties here. We're trying to figure it out. But, yeah, we got it now. We got it now. We're, we're glad to be back on the show today. I, I think we went, We had some dead air for a minute there. That, that's what happens when you still don't know the board too well. But we're still going to try to work it out as best we can and try to get it to work. So, But we are in studio. We're going to go back to the show. Uh, we're in studio. We have Pastor John Young in studio with us, Pastor Raymond Johnson. And Pastor Young, I guess that's what happens when you don't know the board still, man. Yeah, yeah, but I tell you what, even though uh, you you didn't know what you were doing, we believe that you did. <laughs> Say so, bro. Because it, it, it if you good. <laughs> right, because if you're not gonna know what you're doing, just look like you know what you're doing, <laughs> and and we'll follow you, bro. That's called fake it till you make it. Huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Until you figure it out. Yeah, we 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 still try. We still are trying to work this board, and uh, we're still not having the success that we want to have just yet. But but. <laughs> Still, that's that's what happens when when Rob leaves us, and uh, you know that's, that's what happens. So we're used to him doing the board. We have dead space. We're hearing music in the in the headphones. <laughs> Nothing's going on. <laughs> Three pastors in a room. Uh, looking and we dumbfounded. can't figure out a board. I yeah. tell you. But anyway, we're, we're back on now, and we can go ahead and move forward uh, with the show. And uh, the show for today. And, uh, and Pastor, you know, when I text you, you, you said immediately, let's let's talk about this particular subject because you're very passionate about this issue. And, and one of the things that's happening is, um, I don't know if you are aware, this actually started back in 2006, but it's a trend that is happening in our country with the uh, Catholic churches. And, and what's happening is that a, a number of Catholic churches are are consolidating themselves and because they're saying that the demographics of people uh, where people are living now they're, they're moving from one place to the other that used to be in the city now they move into the suburbs and a lot of, of the catholic parishes now don't have the numbers that they used to have and so some of the bishops have decided uh in the best interest of these parishes it would be better to consolidate them uh instead of having them to be separate but have fewer number and so uh, this has been happening consistently and across the country. And, and it's, I don't know if people recognize that fact or not, but the churches are downsizing. And so that, that raises an interesting question as I, as I read this report. And the question that I guess I want to raise is, is the fact that, you know, do, do we have, uh, not on the Catholic side, but on our side, you know, with, with all the other denominations, Baptist, Methodist, Church of God in Christ, Episcopal, whatever the case might be, do we have too many churches uh, and, and, I, and I'll throw that out and say before you answer, Pastor Young, you know, where we pastor, most of us, pastor, you know, the three of us pastor in Newport News, uh, in large part, we can be considered to some degree in the East End Corridor section of Newport News, which is predominantly African-American. And in that one section of East End alone, uh, there are uh, over 150 churches uh, in this, this small section of Newport News. And so the question becomes, with a church basically on every corner and, and sometimes two in between, as some people say, mm -hmm. do, do we have too many churches? Do we have too few churches? Or, or should we be looking to have more churches? Uh, or should we look at what the, the Catholics are doing and saying maybe we need to 
consolidate or downsize or whatever the case might be so that the churches can be more impactful. So we asked you, Pastor Young, first because you started a church and, and you said to us that, you know, you got this question raised. Why start a church when there are already so many? So let's hear from your perspective. Are, are there too many churches out there? Let's, let's start there. All right. All right. And, you know, first off, I'm going to put this out there and it might make some folk mad at me. <laughs> but It ain't the first time. Right. Right. And it won't be the last. Right. But. You know, I don't I don't believe we have uh, too many churches out there. We may actually have too many church buildings, uh, too many sanctuaries. But I don't believe that every um, every building out there that um, that you pass by and drive by are are producing the fruit that would label them uh, in 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 the standards that uh, like Jesus said, he said, you know, uh, when you abide in the vine, you bring forth much fruit. So, you know, for me, I like like you said, we we, we had the conversation about how when we began our ministry, uh, Empowered Believers, um, of all places, you know, uh, that that was something I had to reconcile internally as well as externally, because I can't tell you how many people ask me, how would you desire to start a church in a community with churches everywhere? Why don't uh, a many people would say, why don't you all just come together uh, and 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 just uh, make one church or whatever? I would I would get that a lot. And then uh, others would just say, I know some of these churches out there need pastors. Why don't you just uh, go to one of these churches that are missing a pastor and put your name in the hat? I know that they would would hire you to be their pastor. Um, and so that was absolutely one of the things that uh, that I had to reconcile in my own heart uh, to get where I am. Yeah, and I, and I guess that's that's the question for anybody that wants to plant a church. Maybe you feel God is leading you to do that, uh, and and so you know the question becomes: if there's already a large number of, of churches, and now for the average person who looks and they see 150 just in one section alone. Are there too many churches? I mean, uh, do do we have too many? Or you know, and again, it's not it's not just churches as a whole, but also within you know denominations that you know Baptists and all you know Methodists, or whatever the case might be. Pastor Johnson, what are your thoughts? Do 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 we have too many churches, or do we have too few churches? Because again, no matter how many churches we have, there's still a number of people who are not saved, a number of people who are not in the will of God. So, with all of these churches, is it enough? Is it not enough? Do we need to do more? What do, what do you think? I'm, a, I'm along the same lines as Pastor Young uh, in that we have a lot of buildings. Um, okay. And if you, I really took a look at this issue some, some years ago when I was still serving in, in uh, youth ministry capacity uh, as uh, Southeast Newport News kind of took a look at uh, trying to provide some task force to come together between uh, government and the faith community to deal with some of the crime issues that we had within the city. Okay. And, and literally within a, a nine block radius, you are absolutely right with uh, over 100 churches, nine blocks uh, between Jefferson all the way all the way over as far as um, probably Buxton over there near close to where you are. So the question becomes, um, are we are we being the church according to Scripture or do we have a lot of edifices and buildings? Now, now when you say both of you said buildings, OK, mm-hmm. so, you know, most churches have buildings what we've got. I mean, i'm not trying to be funny so, so got a, what, what are you referring to here when you say uh, we have a lot of buildings because i mean you can't you don't worship unless you have a building right well, not necessarily okay. uh those that worship god must worship him in spirit and in truth according right. to what the scripture says and there's usually a fellowship in which you are connected to and in, in where you worship god correct? where you worship at, where you worship god at and and you worship god in a, in a particular building not well you don't have to uh, the, the building doesn't have to necessarily look like a cathedral okay or be a traditional structure okay um it could be a strip mall area and still be a, a facility and a building but that's not the church the church is the people absolutely the church is the people of god and what we're saying is is that there are a lot of uh, a lot of edifices and structures that are not doing the will and the work of god so we don't necessarily qualify them or they or it could be seen and said that they would not qualify as a church because the fruit is not being manifested inside so, of those structures. Ah, uh, so now so, we get into a deeper issue. Okay, so you think that uh there there lies a place of worship but that doesn't necessarily mean that that place is doing the will of God. Say so. Right. Is right. that what you're saying? Right. I, I so, believe. So, so, so how do you measure that then? How, how mm-hmm. do you suggest that this church is doing the will of God and this church is not? 
Well, you know, the, the Bible talks about how by their fruits you'll know them. Okay, so we can be fruit inspectors. And this is the thing. I, I, I think that we can't measure the fruit just in, in uh, multitude, uh, uh, but magnitude. You know, the magnitude of the impact that a church is making on the community is really how you measure the fruit. And this is what I mean. You can actually, of course, like you mentioned, uh, Pastor Swan, you, you need a facility to worship in. Uh, but but what happens, the Bible says that he's given certain gifts to the church, uh, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So, so they come to the church and they get equipped for the work of the ministry, but the fruits of the ministry is the work that's manifested after they go outside when they roll up their sleeves and begin to implement what happens. And so this is the issue that I think that a lot of people uh, misconstrue when they just look at all of these uh, what we label as church buildings to determine what's the church and what's actually a viable ministry is vision. Uh, uh, for example, why don't, you know, for example, you got three pastors here. Why don't we all just merge together and, and, and do one thing, uh, you know, in one, in one sanctuary primarily because we have, we have been given three different visions and the vision is the thing that God uses to produce fruit. Um, one passion that I have is to make sure that our people, uh, uh, understand and are passionate about the vision of our church because the way our vision uh, applies ministry will reach some people, but it won't reach everybody. And there's people that our church can reach that maybe um, uh, Calvary Revival uh, Peninsula or Ivy won't reach. But on the flip side, there are, there are things that, that Ivy's ministry and Ivy's vision would reach that our churches wouldn't reach. So do you think then that that might confuse someone who's not in the church? Okay, I'm looking here and I see you know, in a block, I see five churches. Okay, do do you think again uh, that that would say to me if if again on our street alone, I can only speak for me, Maple Avenue, there are three churches on our street, <laughs> on our street. If, if somebody was unsaved, do you think somebody might say, why is there the need to have three churches on the same street? Well, why couldn't there be just one church, or, or you know, and everybody come together, you know, and be more effective? Pool your resources together and say, look, let's let's do this. So. Uh, do you, when you say vision, okay, I understand that, that everybody has a different vision. So I guess the question is, does that mean that because we all have three different visions that we, we still can't come together in some capacity to do the work of ministry? Absolutely not, Pastor Swan. Uh, and what I would say to that is, is that there's only, according to Ephesians, there's one faith, one Lord, and one baptism. Uh, and what Pastor Young is referring to is the expression of the vision in the local context um, and how that vision outlays and works itself out in a local community. When it comes to the issue of you walk down one street and you see three churches on one street over where I am, um, what would be considered the Overtown side, we've got uh, two very, very vibrant churches. And then we've got, we, pro- we have probably five or six churches, to, as a matter of fact, that are within a seven block radius or a five block radius. Um, two of them are vibrant. Yeah, so okay. you, you understand what I'm right. saying, and, uh, and three of them are not. So now, then it, the question becomes: Do we need all of these churches? Yes, the kingdom of God needs to be expressed and expanded, uh, so that all will come to the knowledge of the faith. However, you have a lot of edifices and a lot of structures where the church is dying, meaning that meaning that there are no new births of people coming to the knowledge of who Jesus is right. by accepting him as personal right. Lord and Savior. Right. There are no uh, signs, wonders, and miracles uh, and the happenings and, and the form of transformation in people's lives where they're growing right. spiritually. Right. Uh, and so those are the two precursors, if you will, to be considered a church. One is Jesus being magnified. As a result, are people coming to the knowledge and the saving grace of him where he lives in their hearts and there is transformation in a person's life. It's like the, right. I once was blind, now I see. Exactly. We, so, got, we got some buildings with a whole lot of blind folks. So then my question to you is, for those whom you you believe are in that state, you believe that they should not exist? You believe that they should consolidate with somewhere else, as, as the Catholic parishioners are doing, you know, the parishes are doing? If these churches are not doing the mandate of what, what God would require, well, should, well, they, should they close their door? Or do you think... They should consolidate with somebody else. That's the question. Well, you know, I I believe that at some point they won't have a choice. Uh, And this is what I mean. Eventually, you know, my experience has been that you're either growing or dying. 
Uh, and when I say as 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 a as a ministry, if you're not growing and producing fruit, um, then you're dying. Because the truth is, you 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 can become uh, irrelevant to your community. And and when we talk about the the uh, issue that you mentioned a moment ago, like how people can, because in 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 our church, uh, literally within a one block radius, we have four. Um, but the truth is, is that nobody is going to be drawn to our ministry by the building. And you two brothers know exactly what I mean. You know, <laughs> you're not going to come to empower believers uh, because you fall in love with our facility. So the only thing that's going to draw people is the vision. And and so when people come to our church, they come on purpose. They've gotten directions from somebody mm-hmm. and, and, and found out how to get there and came uh, and, and had to struggle to uh, figure out if it's us or Murray's in some cases. So so the point that I'm making is, is that um, uh, the people that are confused by driving by and seeing all of the different churches or whatever, those aren't uh, the people that are going to be, they're absolutely not going to be drawn because they see four different churches and say, let's go to the prettiest building. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen is somebody in one of those churches are going to get uh, uh, set on fire with what's happening on the inside. They're going to bring that fire outside and then they're going to do the work of the ministry. They're going to impregnate somebody with that same vision that, and they're going to awaken something in them. And and they're going to come looking to figure out, hey, you know, a you know, what what must I do uh, to be saved, or how do I get to a place where, um, you know, I've I've got that same fire, that same passion that this person has. So so what I'm hoping uh, that we can do as as pastors is is make people understand, even those pastors that aren't um, successful per se, uh, but they can kind of merge with with pastors uh, such as yourself that that are successful and find out what I'm doing wrong so I don't have to close my doors but we have to be uh, sober and and understand if something ain't working let's find somebody that 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 uh, is is making it work and find out what we're missing and be humble enough to submit ourselves to somebody we can trust and say look you got something working and I don't what can I do all right so so let me put it out there and again once again the topic for today is are there too many churches are there too few churches uh, and what should be done in in the Catholic uh, arena. There are several parishes that are downsizing and they're consolidating their efforts to be more effective in ministry. So the question is, should that be considered across the board? And uh, all of us have already agreed that within our general vicinity, there are several churches in our area. Now, let me ask you, you know, you're talking about vision. So, so here's the question. If two or three other people have the same vision to come into your particular area space and say, I feel God is calling me to put a church another block from you and another block from you. So now not only do you have three f- churches in your general vicinity, but now you have six or seven. Are you okay with that? Are, are you comfortable with the fact that now instead of three, maybe there's six and, and all of us are in this general vicinity. If you know, we're talking about vision, somebody says, I got a vision and my vision is to plant the church here. Is that fine? Is that okay with you? You know, one thing I, I would say, like when we uh, are taking our, our children to a school one of the things we look at is the student-teacher ratio, you know, and it's real important uh, for me that, that my student, my child, uh, don't, doesn't get lost in the crowd. So if there is a, you know, quote-unquote mega ministry out there and, 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 and those kinds of things, A, I want to see how they are structured to make sure that, that we can minister to the intimate one-on-one needs because you can't duplicate a relationship over the pulpit. You know, we can preach people silly, but at some point, point, we got to look them eyeball to eyeball and help them apply ministry and make the word become flesh. Uh, like it speaks of in John one, when Jesus, uh, was the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so the way we take them from, from, from knowledge level to comprehension level to application level where they can apply what's been preached and taught is that we've got to be able to have a structure where we can look them face to face. And at some point, um, a, there may be other churches with similar visions that that you know. Hey, look, this you know, I got lost in the crowd over here, so I'll go over here and see if if, if it'll happen. If they have the same vision, now I've rarely seen uh, pastors that have the exact same vision. I would I would be. Um, uh, venture to say that even the three of us in here have similar visions because you know we are like minded uh, and have uh, right. what, what so, would be construed as kindred spirits. So so I guess the question is, and again, Pastor Johnson. Would would you and, and and every pastor to some degree has aspirations of a growing, thriving ministry? Okay, would you feel that the growth and and the way of your ministry 
could perhaps be hindered by the number of other churches that surround you? I, I, I would say no to that in this sense that, you know, we hear the song, what God has for me is for me. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that was very made very clear to me when Bishop sent my wife and I out is that there is a people who will respond to your voice. Right. Uh, and, and the sheep know the voice of their shepherd. So it doesn't matter who comes into the area or, or who comes in, when, where, how, why. Um, that's not the point. The point is, does do you have a word from God? Uh, yourself. Now, what I mean, what, what I mean to say about that is this right here. Um, everybody isn't called a pastor. Hold that thought, because <laughs> we, we definitely going to discuss that. Uh, we need to we need gonna, to jump in on that. We're going right to discuss there. that. <laughs> we're we're going to take a quick break right here. We, we're going to we're going to work the board right this time. And uh, we're going to open up. We're going to open up the phone lines. Seven, two, seven, five, four, zero, seven, seven, two, seven, five, seven, one, one. Are there too many churches? Are there too few churches? Uh, or should churches concentrate on being more effective at what we do, or should we continue to go out and branch out and have more local assemblies in our community to make impact? We want you to call in on this issue, 727 Take a quick break now on HOV FM. <laughs> And welcome back on the Pastor Study. You're on WHOV 88.1 FM. Pastor Kevin Swan in studio with Pastor Raymond Johnson, Pastor John Young. Have an interesting topic of discussion for today. You all should be able to, I wish you could hear us off, off the air because we're really having a lively discussion <laughs> here in the studio. Kevin Moose Anderson is with us also in the studio. Maybe we'll get him at some point to offer his perspective on one of the shows. He, he likes to work behind the scenes and we appreciate that, but you know, we want to hear his perspective also every now and again. So, Pastor Johnson, you, you left on the other side of the break basically saying that there are some folks who are pastoring. You you said it. You said it. You said it. Folks already started calling. Oh, you're you going to get me you, lit up. You're going to get me lit up. You're going to get me lit up. You said that there are some folks who are pastoring that should not be pastoring right now. Is that what you said? That's what I said, and, and, and here's what I mean by that. Uh, most of these churches— <laughs> Here, here's what I mean by this. You better clarify. Most of the churches, as we talked about off the air, many of them have started out of splits, uh, meaning that if, if I'm with you, uh, I've gotten upset with you, maybe because you, you brought some correction in my area, or all of a sudden I felt like I heard God saying something else, and I brought it to you, and you kept saying, it's not time, it's not time, it's not time. Well, then if I get mad enough and, and, and I, I'm really upset with you enough, I leave and I go start another church down the street somewhere um, and then end up taking half the folk with me. Or it doesn't have to be that issue. It can right. just be an issue of somebody's not sent. Uh, they just leave and go and start something. And so a lot of, especially what we have within our region and in our area, is a lot of, a lot of churches have been started out of that kind of spirit. Now, we begin to address this issue. Does that mean that they are not blessed? Well, um, so yeah, that, that was that, my question. There could be some fruits of the, uh, of the of the of the of the word that would be there, but over time, I've heard I've heard one preacher say this to me: the way that you uh, leave a thing is the way that you enter into a thing. Okay, and so if you don't really deal with it and address it at the at the root level issues, you end up carrying the same spirit with you wherever you go. This is where I say some folk all now. Like I, I was ready to come to Peninsula four or five years ago. But I had not been sent yet. So, so to be clear, then you're saying that there's some folks who are out there who are pastoring, who maybe pa- are pastoring for the wrong motives and intentions, and as a result of that, you are in favor of the fact that there are too many churches. As a result of that, I'm in favor of the fact that there are too many churches. All right, we want to hear from you seven two seven five four zero seven seven two seven five seven one one. We have a caller on there. Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm still here. Okay, would you like to offer your perspective? Yes, I was listening to uh, Joyce Myers' broadcast, uh, I believe it was yesterday, and she talked about how she had a real heart for the inner city, and so she went in and established an outreach in there. There were already several churches in the area, and they did not like the idea, of course. Um, But what she said was um, really revelatory in that she said that, well, if the people coming to her outreach didn't like what what she was doing, uh, they they weren't going to come anyway. And I'll, I'll listen over the air. Okay. And, and I guess that's what you talked about, Pastor Young, as well. People, if they like your ministry, 
they're going to come and support your ministry. Right, exactly. We were talking about off the air how, you know, Empowered Believers, we actually started Empowered Believers uh, less than five minutes from, you know, um, who is now my current bishop, Bishop McBath. And um, people would drive right by, you know, his beautiful sanctuary and, and the anointed preaching and teaching that he does to come into a little hotel room uh, to to listen to me scream in a weak system uh, <laughs> that the hotel offered. And, and, and I wondered, you know, myself, if I would have even done that. But, you know, if if the shoe were on the other foot and I were going to church to, to have my family fed on a Sunday. So absolutely, I believe that when when, you know, when God has has given an impartation. Uh, and 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 released you uh, to go out and and start a ministry. It is evident because the people will come. Um, and and the other thing that I want to make sure that we clarify too is because we were talking about the the main issue is there are too many churches. And I keep wanting to to tweak it by saying I believe that there there could be too many maybe church buildings or or maybe even pastors that are aspiring to pastor. But I don't believe that just because you uh, grab a building, sign a lease, and and then get a couple people to come listen to you that you are pastoring. I believe that you're trying to. And, and at some point, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I, I was hesitant to even tell people or admit that I was pastoring when we first got started. You know, I kept saying, hey, we're, we're trying to get a ministry started, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and again, this, this goes back to, to the unsaved. <clears throat> you, you raise an interesting point. You have churches in building. You have churches in hotel. You have churches in storefront. You have churches... In other places, I mean, literally on on a Sunday morning, you you can go just about any place, and there people are renting auditoriums and using them as churches, uh, you know, places to have worship and that kind of thing. If I'm an unbeliever and I see all of these things, I see the traditional building, I see uh, the 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 storefront, I see uh, renting space in an auditorium, all these kinds of things. Do you think that maybe somebody who's not into church like that would look at it and say? This is overwhelming. How do I make a choice in terms of what might fit me when there's so many options out there? Absolutely. 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 Somebody said, well, you know, uh, you leave it one church to start another, start another, start another, start another. That's like a franchising concept. That's like the mob. That's like a gang. <laughs> you know, one gang, you, 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 you know, you get upset with the gang leaders so you can go start your own set. <laughs> and, and do something. I mean, it's it's absolutely overwhelming. And uh, my my point about this, just to, to talk about, um, you know, what Pastor Young has been talking about. Now, he, he and I are homeboys. We're in the same alliance. And he wouldn't say this about himself, but I'll say it uh, because I'm his homeboy. Less than three years, uh, 300 members. He's doing an outstanding job. Obviously, God is is bearing fruit to that ministry, and these are not because I know His ministry, and I'm very familiar with it. These are not uh, what what many of us would consider the upwardly mobile church hoppers. Right. These are new births of right. people who are newly saved, who right. are coming out of all types of lifestyles that kept them bound up, where they're getting set free and broken loose within that ministry. Right. Um, and in a very short period of time period, which which uh, brings me to the point that I was making with us off the air about the model that Jesus gave us according to the book of Mark, which we uh, know historically would be the first of the Synoptic Gospels. Mm-hmm. Now, just look at Mark. Uh, Jesus' public ministry began in the home of uh, Peter's mother who got healed. Few folk that were there in Mark chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Keep going on into Mark chapter 2, all of a sudden the healing, uh, Jesus began to teach from the living room, and all of a sudden people started to come and hear his ministry on the porch. Then it got from the porch to a few crowds, as the scripture says in chapter later on in chapter two, that were in the street, uh, and then and, it went and, from and the, the key, street. And, and that's it. Interrupt. But the Go key ahead. point is, is the fact that the healings took place were the sign of ministry being authentic. The sign of ministry being authentic, right? And so here's you know again, but what we're talking about now is in the tech in the context of of numbers. Now I want to ask you all a question, and I'm gonna put it out here. This, Go ahead. this is the kind of show that we we just put it out here. <laughs> <laughs> don't, do before, you, before he asked the question, don't write me, don't call me, don't email no, me. No, Here's here my question. Do you think it breeds competition amongst mm. pastors when the number of churches increase? Mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, it, it fosters a sense of, man, all these churches coming up, I got to protect mine and, mm. and all that kind of stuff that happens as a result of, of the number of churches that keep popping up and keep growing and all that kind of stuff. 
you know, I, I think, again, I, the three of us are, are a very good example uh, uh, of that being to the contrary of, of competition. Uh, because I believe when you're secure in the vision that God has given you, uh, and, and, and Pastor Raymond uh, Johnson alluded to a moment ago how, you know, what God has for me is for me, that song. But the truth is, is that, you know, uh, I heard, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Gray, who I was under a number of uh, years ago before he passed. Uh, he's he's in heaven shouting now. But he used to say, if 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 God sent them to you, mm-hmm. they can't leave. But if God didn't send them to you, they can't stay. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the truth is, is that, you know, I believe that these are all God's people and I'm honored for whatever opportunity I have to minister to them, whether they're coming for a season or a lifetime. There are some people that are at our church right now that I believe until their dying day, they believe that they were born to be a part of Empowered Believers. And there are some people that believe that there is something that that they need from this ministry. And once they get it, they're going to go and do what else God has called them to do. And both of them are right. And I think we understand that. We we hear understand (laughs) but are there some who are not as secure in their ministry and in their pastoring who may not can appreciate seasons of people and 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 this is my season is up and and take it personally when when people transition out you know we we find that uh that is a very interesting point that you make, Pastor Swan, and and uh, I have been told to say it this way, even as in our in our new uh, process of folk that join us. Um, just as you signed up and filled out your form to come and join the church with mm-hmm. a pencil, we give you a pencil so you can also feel led when it's time for you to go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and I and I'll be honest with you that that is my understanding. I, somebody told me again, you know, pastors like riding a bus, driving yeah. a bus. You open the door, people get on. Some people get off. Some people get off. <laughs> you just keep driving. And you just keep driving. Your just job driving. is to drive, drive that bus. bus. So, the, so, the, so the question becomes, though, why then do we get upset? Why, why do people get upset if, if you know that your job is to drive the bus? So people transition out. Because we take on a complex like we're God. So, again, the question becomes, is there too many churches if there were fewer churches would you have this issue of maybe perhaps feeling like you know there's compet you know not competition but i mean well no let's tell this just say where it is there's pride there's pride preachers feel like there's competition there's ego preachers have ego preachers have pride all, none of us are exempt, ex- except we understand uh, their way go by the grace of our, God, except their go by I. We, we've got to make sure that these are God's folk, number one. We're called to drive the bus, number two. We have to open the door for people to get on the bus, number three. And when they want to get off the bus, open the door for them to get off and be secure within ourselves. Could I dare make this, could I dare even suggest this, <laughs> that the the insecure folk are the ones who are continuously losing folk. Well, let me say this, and, and that could be the case, but, you know, uh, one of my favorite pastors in all the land is, is Noel Jones. Mm-hmm. He, he, That's a preaching somebody right he, there. He made the comment that the church as a whole is suffering from cannibalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, Just chewing each other. That, that, Lord bigger, that bigger churches are swallowing up the smaller churches and that, you know, some of the ministries of some place are taking the ministries of other place. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, and again, it goes back to the question. If that, if that assessment is true, do you think then that there, there are too many churches or, or should there be fewer, but fewer and more effective in what the church is doing? Well, you know, my, my thoughts are, you know, and this is just the confidence that I believe the three of us and people that are like-minded have. I don't care is if, if, you know, Noel Jones or TD Jake's, came and set up shop right next to us. The people that God called us to pastor are going to be there. And, and there may be, you know, there may be some uh, uh, pastors out there that don't feel that way, but it's kind of like uh, the bus analogy that y'all used a moment ago. And why, why do some pastors get angry when they leave? I think that it can get frustrating if you are pouring out everything that you've got. And then every time you stop at a bus stop, no one gets on, but people are getting off. And after a while, as you and your wife and kids, you know, you get frustrated. And, and, and so I certainly can understand that. But what they do with that 
at that moment, to me, determines whether or not they really are called to pastor. Because at that moment, then you have to look at yourself and say, there's something I'm missing. And then you have to go and be willing enough to submit yourself to somebody that is successful and say, listen, brother, I need you to tutor me. I need you to mentor me. You know, uh, uh, Paul uh, said to mark those that have walked so that you have us for an example. Uh, so you've got to be uh, uh, humble enough to admit what you don't have and then allow somebody to help develop the skills that you have. Admit, maybe I stepped out too early or, or, or whatever, and let me sit down somewhere and try this again and regroup. Don't mean that you're not a pastor, but maybe your timing was off. The, the Bible says that, that, that in Psalms 1 that we would bring forth our fruit in our season. So maybe it, I stepped out out of season, so I need to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water let, for a while. Let, let me caution just one thing on that. Because I think there's a tendency to say that when when numbers reduce, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Doesn't That's always true. mean something's wrong. Right. It could mean that there's a there's a cleansing and a purging that is going on <clears throat> right. to prepare you for the next season. Right. And, you right. know, and that's what John, you know, John 15, he says, you know, all, you know, all bear fruit. If you're in me, I cut you down e- anyway. Mm-hmm. So that in your next season, you're going to bear. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's, there's a, there's a challenge and a caution that we have to have to say, if, if there's a, a church that is not growing and maybe it's, re- it doesn't necessarily mean that the past is doing something. It's not, wrong. A, it's not about numbers. It's no, not about numbers. It's, not. it's about life transformation. Our people's right. lives being changed where the, where the true heart of Jesus Christ is being saved. I want to echo Pastor Young's point because I'm living this right now. There, there's a brother who has making his way into my church right now who had established a ministry, you know, a couple of years ago. And the ministry was growing and doing fine. He came to the realization of understanding that. Uh, see, the point is, is that not all of us are number one set men, senior pastors, male or female. Got that right. Doesn't mean that we're not pastors. Now, here's what could happen. Uh, This brother with me right now is making his way on into the ministry. Uh, He closed down the ministry he was in, dispersed the sheep and had them go and join other places. Some of them are following him in with us. Uh, He's just low key and just uh, a brother in the church. Doesn't mean that they're in the pastoral call on his life. Maybe he's called to pastor alongside me. Could be. And there's some other brethren who are called to, to pastor alongside another set man or set woman in the house. So it doesn't mean that you're not a pastor because you open the door and people are getting off the bus or getting on the bus. In the case of this gentleman uh, I'm referring to, they came to an, an epiphany within themselves and said, God wants to use us in the marketplace and come alongside and assist. So we have all got to take an inventory of ourselves and understand God's process and ways for development in people. Uh, when someone is sent, don't go until you, that's another thing. Don't go until you're sent. Yeah, and, somebody and so, needs somebody needs to confirm you. Right, and and here, here's the uh, discussion here, and we're almost out of time. <laughs> See, we need to stay on yeah, this one. Then. I know we 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 need, yeah we need to keep going. I'm gonna ask you yes or no, yes or no uh, to a couple of questions. Pastor Young, first of all, to you, yes or no? Are there too many churches in your estimation? Yes. yes. Pastor Johnson, in your estimation, are there too many churches? Lord have mercy. Yes or no? We ain't got much time. This this is no this is no show where you bring on the fence. <laughs> you gotta make a like choose you this day. <laughs> we got a whole lot of buildings. Come on, man, Come and on, not man. enough church. Yes or no? Is it, too much, is it too many churches? Yes or no? We got a whole lot of buildings <laughs> and not enough church. Look here, uh, baby Obama, <laughs> politician. Yes or no? We got too many churches. Too, too many, many churches. churches. Okay, now, Pastor Young, my second question is: Do you think that other pastors think we have too many churches in general? Not that you can speak for everybody, but do you think in general that other pastors think that there are too many churches? Yes or no? I would have to say most pastors I talk to would say no to that question. No, there's not enough churches. Right. Okay. Pastor Johnson, do you think other pastors would say there are too many churches or there are not enough churches? Um, I would be on the adverse side of that for Pastor Young. Most of them that I'm aware of would say we got too many churches. Okay. Here's my response to all of this since I haven't offered mine yet. I think (laughs) there are not enough of the right kind of churches mm-hmm. see yes see no. see see now hold on hold on doc hold on you can't do that in two minutes before you go on for to go off the head look that's how we do it come on man. come on now there's not enough of the right kind of church because it, because what, what is that what is that there there are too many general churches there are not enough of the right kind of churches and what kind of the right kind of churches the churches that show love the churches that when people go in they feel a sense of of 
of respect and worth and can get healed from whatever challenges and situations that they're going through. I think if you have those kinds of churches, it don't matter how many churches there are because all of them are going to be filled. Mm-hmm. That's right. And there would be no need to have this competitive spirit because if you're showing love, if you're meeting need, yeah. if you help healing people and you're leading by example and showing the love of God, if all churches were doing that consistently, then most churches would, would be filled. Mm-hmm. Now, with those all doing that consistently, uh, the ones that are not, should they be churches? There's still going to be churches. And now the question is, you know, <laughs> just just like you are a child of God, does that yeah. mean that you you stop being a child of God when there you're you not always in his will? There you go. No. Are some churches out of the will of God in some places? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So is God going to deal got, with them? Do we got too many of them? And, and I know you run out of time, but just touch on that. We have bit. too many churches that are not effective. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, in my opinion. Preach mm. one. I feel a ham. I feel a ham and organ coming on right now. Moose, give me, give me organ, Moose. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we need to have more effective churches, and, and you alluded to that in the beginning. What's an effective church? A church where people can go, not just in the church. Mm-hmm. People in the community can see the power of God in the people that go there. Mm-hmm. If there's no power of God, if there's no evidence of changed life, if there's no love that's been demonstrated. If people don't don't feel changed when they leave, mm-hmm. then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Paul over over in Timothy uh, having a form of godliness but, but denying, denying the power thereof. Yeah, and Jesus said, "Let the wheat and tear grow together." They are going to grow. And he's going to be the one to decide, not us. You'll choose. Yeah. We're, we're out of time, and uh, I want to thank Pastor Young, Pastor Johnson. Uh, for being with us today. If you were listening to us earlier today and you want to hear the show again in its entirety, you can go to www.kevinswan.org and click on the media link and listen to the show, even the blooper in the show today. (laughs) We had silence for a little bit, but it's all good. I want to thank Kevin Moose Anderson for being with us also. Uh, we got one second. Do you want to offer your perspective, man, today? Yeah, come on. Come, come on, on, Moose. Yeah, talk about come it. Come on, man. It. I'm, I'm not prepared just yet. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I didn't get the memo. You, you can do a yes or no. Do, do you think? No, I think it's too many churches. You think there's too many churches? Yeah. yeah. So so everybody here is in agreement that are the Catholics doing the right thing and consolidating? So you couldn't get Protestants to do that because we got too much spirit. We got too much spirit. <laughs> <laughs> too much spirit. We feel the Lord leading us over here and over there. It's too much pride. You talking about too much spirit. I ain't shutting my church down. Yeah, I don't care. Pride. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another edition of the Pastor Study here at WHOV. We'll be back next Tuesday with another show. Until then, be blessed and be a blessing to someone else. Take care.